the noble thing for these least developed countries that they are willing to participate. They contributed the least to this problem, but they cannot forget about development because development is about healthcare, it's about education, it's about food security. Hello, this is the weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, just ahead of the UN summit on climate change in Egypt, we're looking at why developing nations suffer the most and need the most help to adapt. The world's 46 least developed countries, or LDCs, are home to more than 1 billion people. They bear the brunt of more destructive storms, floods and heat waves. Over the last 50 years, nearly 70% of the people killed in climate-related disasters lived in LDCs. This week, the UN released its Least Developed Countries report, focusing on the low-carbon transition. How these countries are treated is the litmus test, it says, for international climate efforts. Support from advanced countries is far less than what is needed, presenting LDCs a stark choice between climate adaptation and overall development. To help least developed countries make the transition, the new report calls for a rebooting of international support and more climate finance. Well, joining me now to explain all of this is Paul Akawumi, a director of the Africa Least Developed Countries and Special Programme Division at UNCTAD. Born in Ghana, he studied oceanography in the UK. A keen diver for many years, he's committed to preserving our environment both in the sea and on land. So welcome again, Paul. It's lovely to have you here. Now, um, looking at the report, it covers quite a bit of ground. So what would you say are the highlights and what are the solutions to help these most vulnerable developing countries? Thank you, Sarah. I think one of the key things is this whole climate agenda must not distract from their development, their ability to transform their economies. And this is critical. Second thing is, is that the climate agenda must focus not only on adaptation and mitigation, but it must also focus on the means of the institutions in the countries and the small and medium-sized enterprises to be able to manage all these new environmental regulations that are coming right. up. Because that will determine whether they can try and transform their economies, go from uh, low-skilled, um, high-volume products to high-skilled, low-volume products, and whether they'll be able to compete in the global uh, uh, value chain and global economy. So this is very critical for them. They have to be climate competitive. Now, what role is the resources industry? I mean, you've got energy, mining, timber. Um, so what role do these resources play in the transition? And what should these, this industry be doing? Well, they play an important role. First of all, there is a need for new technologies in these industries because they are very high carbon intensive industries. Right. Second of all, they play a significant role in, in the international arena because in order to have aluminium for electric cars, you need bauxite. Bauxite is in many of these LDCs. That's just one example. But for the LDCs themselves, there's a critical role here as well because there's a lot of illicit financial flows out of the country. Right. So they need to redirect all of these flows into the structural transformation of their countries, bearing in mind that they need to be climate, uh, be climate friendly as well. So there's technology involved, there's institutions 
institutional building involved, and these resources need to be put in that direction. But it could present a problem, couldn't it? Because um, obviously, lower income countries often rely on natural resources, you know, for revenues and development. So how does this all fit in? Well, this is one of the key things, is that because they're commodity dependent and only on these few natural resources, um, they, have a, they will be brought with a choice as whether they can start diversifying the economies with these extensive regulatory environment regulatory frameworks or whether they're going to go back to their commodities because these key commodities are needed for the global economy to start transforming their economies, to green their economies. So they're in a critical situation, yeah, and that's why it's important that the discussions on climate need to have a strong development pillar and they need to focus a lot on the development aspect of, of the implications that they have with regard to greening the global economy. How can these uh, least developed countries reduce their carbon emissions then? And, and, and is it even a priority for them at the moment when they have so many other issues right now? Well, I think the noble thing for these least developed countries is that they are party to these conventions. They are willing to participate, even though, as you said in your introductory, uh, remarks that they contributed the least to this right. problem, global problem. Um, and so they are very cognizant of that and they are making, they can make strides towards that, but they cannot forget about development because development is about healthcare, it's about education, it's about food security, it's about providing the youth dividend with high innovative jobs. Uh, it's about decent jobs in general, and it's about the well-being of their people. So they, they, they need the support more than ever of the international community. What new hurdles do they need to, to jump to be able to export to a country? What are the new environmental regula regulations? So this is very critical area, which we believe in the report, is a missing area in the, sub in the sense of giving it high attention it deserves. What does the transition of low carbon look like for an owner of a small business in an LDC who wants to export? I mean, what actions uh, should uh, entrepreneurs take to become a bit more uh, climate competitive? Well, first of all, they're going to have to have resources and capacity building. Second of all, it will add costs to their products, so they have to start rethinking their products that they're going to export. And third of all, unfortunately, the third party has to certify all of this, the carbon inputs, them, the quantity of carbon into the products that they're producing. So you're going to have a third party having to certify this, and this third party is going to cost a lot of money. So they need to understand what's going on, capacity building. They need to have that resources to be able to understand what's going on uh, and be able to implement and have the databases in place because you need data yeah, to analyze all of these things and to verify for verification purposes. So it's another institutional framework that they'll have to bear with and they need the resources to do this and the know-how. I think that's ex extremely key here because otherwise it will push them back to commodity dependence, which they already are, but they're trying to break out of. Um, I think also the because they have so many commodities that the global economy needs to in order to achieve that mm. green transition, they also need to have the technology on those sectoral areas to be able to show, reduce the amount of carbon intensity it is to be able to supply to mm. the rest of the world. But it's important that they don't continue following that line of action because then they'll never transform their economies and they'll continue to be LDCs 
for the next 50 years to come. There needs to be focus on the development pillar, not just on adaptation mitigation, but mm -hmm. focus on institutional mechanisms that will enable that to happen. That is critical and that's missing. And if they are able to put more funding into that and generally, genuinely able to put more funding into that, you will see that the LDCs will be able to do both to transform their economies right. so they have more decent jobs and all the rest yeah. of it, and at the same time live up to their commitments with regard to the uh, climate uh, agreements. Thank you to Unktad Borlakawimi for being this week's guest. Tune into the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, unktad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. Goodbye for now.